Hello, welcome to Human Tech, a podcast about the intersection between humans and technology. My name is Guthrie. I'm here with Susan. Hi, Susan. I'm here. Uh, today's topic is all about me, is it not? <laughs> yeah, today's topic is all about you because you have just released your book. I have, yes. And I wanted to talk about your book on the podcast. Well, let's let's talk so about first, it. So first, why don't you tell everyone the name of your book? Um, yeah, so it is called I Love You, comma, now read this book, period, and then parentheses, it's about human decision making and behavioral economics. You, you didn't say close parentheses. Close parentheses. Yeah, so that's funny that you gave the punctuation in the title. <laughs> Is there yes. a reason why you were being that exact? <laughs> because if people left out the no. punctuation, they might not be able to find them. Well, otherwise, it's a, it's clearly a run-on sentence. You know, oh, okay, and right? that would not be good if you're an author. All right, so I don't know if there's things you want to talk about about the book, but I have questions for you about the book. Well, let me just give um, sort of a brief overview that for those of you who are interested. Um, uh, selective reading, chapter three. Um, are you going to read from the book like you hear authors do on podcasts? <laughs> it was a Got dark three. and stormy Why don't night. you read a little bit from chapter three? Okay. So, um, no, I don't want I'm not going to do that. But I am oh. going to read just a little bit from the welcome to the book section. Okay. Um, just just as a like a summary, because I <laughs> so the the thing is when you write a book, you spend a lot of time thinking about ideas and then condensing those ideas into like little bite sized pieces and then writing that down. So in, instead of me just doing that again, again, wandering just, around ex extemporaneously, say what I already I think I already did this and, and Go it's ahead. better. Let's let, let's hear what you have okay. what you wrote. So, so basically, you know, I say, like, have you heard of behavioral economics? It's a fun, interesting field of research that combines decision-making, social behavior, and brain science with everyday human actions. I've been exploring the topic in depth, and I want to share my findings. The purpose is to demystify why we humans do what we do. That, after all, is what is behind economics, that and lots of math. So... Uh, how you may ask, I've read the research papers and not the fun pop sciency articles and books that famous behavioral economics have written. No, I've read the research papers behind the books. Hundreds of research papers, poured over data, figures, tables, PRNT values. From that wealth of knowledge, I co uh, collated, consolidated, and extracted the important and statistically significant takeaways from the research. Some of the research results are intuitive, but deserve exploring an answer as to why they are true. Some of the results are not intuitive and make us humans seem illogical and weird. They deserve fun explanations as well. We'll cover society, politics, chocolate, and basketball streaks. So um, later on, I say to help explain some of the complex topics, I've set up a consistent format. The book is separated by large thematic chapters. In each chapter, uh, there are several sections. Each section is about a different topic or research paper. The beginning of a section has a bold statement that is both intellectually and physically big and bold. There's then a complete explanation with words and pictures that explain the idea, which is the meat of the book. 
Citations of the research discussed in each section will be at the end of the explanation. And finally, after each section is a takeaway page that summarizes the big points. My goal for these takeaways is to be so simple and straightforward that anyone can grasp the key insights by only reading the short takeaway section. So there's some uh -huh. more. Um, uh, but but I should uh, I should at least say uh, down here. Uh, this has uh, truly been a labor of love that literally took me uh, three years to finish. <laughs> I found the research articles, did the research, wrote the summaries, turned each research summary into a, a written out section, determined the order, made the layout in InDesign, redrew dozens of illustrations, added in fun icons used throughout the book, created titles and takeaway summaries for each section, created all the extras like the index, and slogged through round after round of edits. I actually had to cut down a lot of the sections to keep the page count down. So, um, and then I sort of welcome everyone. And I think you're going to read the whole book right here. Um, yeah. So, uh, but but that is, you know, uh, that that was a good sort of summation of the process. It took a, <laughs> it takes a stupidly long time to write a book like this. Um, well, I don't know. I mean. Well, we can we will talk to probably today about this, the whole what it, it's like to write a book because it know, is uh, I've it's some not too. it's not so much the time it's the it's the mental effort like yes. to be in the zone where you're like all oh, right I'm like ready to do this very high level thinking is very exhausting yes. and so it's hard you can't you know um, if you're uh, I don't know clearing brush or something like you can clear brush for six hours and. It's hard work, but you know you can sort of keep, you know, take a break, eat some snacks. Like you can just keep clearing brush, um, but it, it's basically impossible to to stay on like that high level of mental acuity for more than an hour or two. Um, you just you get tired and bored, and you just run a steam. So, uh, so that's sort of the other reason why it takes so long. And <laughs> uh, a lot of these research papers are complicated and dense okay but Guthrie right now <laughs> right now you just sound tired and exhausted you need the all right the, we're talking about your book this is when you're supposed to be upbeat and passionate and 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 I'm just hearing this weariness oh no 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 <laughs> no uh, well so I was just saying that's why it took me three years yes I I was um, I was, I was like six months over schedule. Yeah. Yeah. Which is not, which, which, which I will tell not, you in the realm of book of writing is not very, that bad. It's not well, that I just bad. wanted to give people sort of an idea of like, like it did, it did why, take a while. Yeah. Why does this thing exist? Yeah. Um, no, I think that was a great, I think that was a great summary. And, um, of course, oh, can you do one other thing before we start talking more about it? Yeah. Can you just read? You said that you have the book is made up of these parts, right? These yeah, sections. Yeah, yeah. Can you just read the titles of the sections? Because sure. I think that really helps people get an idea of the so, content. Yeah. So while there are, um, there are, you know, part of the part of the problem with behavioral science that we've talked about before is that there's such um, so many things sort of overlap, and there's broad, you know, fear of loss is like a common thing, and like it it sort of surrounds a lot of different cognitive biases. And so it's it can be difficult to put things into buckets and categories. Yeah. But um, I, I have, and so uh, I sort of, so I have in 
the book, I have uh, 11 parts. And the parts are sort of, you can think of them as chapters, uh, sections, if you will. Mm -hmm. So uh, obviously I have uh, the beginning of the book. And this is, to, to get a really good idea of what the book covers, uh, I think that's a, it's a good idea because um, I think I did a good job with the buckets. And so once you hear it, you'll sort of have a much better idea of what is in the book. Right. So we have the table of contents, or, uh, and that is the acknowledgments, dedication about the author. So part one is intro to behavioral economics. Um, I welcome people to the book. I explain what is behavioral economics, what is utility, kind of how does behavioral economics fit in, um, and then I sort of gave give some of the groundwork um, as light and as uh, not. Um, economics-y as possible, but there are some important concepts that will be useful to the reader, like heuristics um, and sort of what is economics useful for, just like what's a p-value in the simplest terms. Um, and, then, and then after part one, we're off to the races, uh, and we're only covering sort of, you know, we're, we're off of the, you know, economics-y stuff, and we're into the meat of the, uh, of the research. So part two is nudges and manipulations. Um, so we're talking about status quo bias, partitioning, priming effects, um, how to induce compliance, using choice architecture to steer people into decisions, decoys. Part three, fear of loss or anticipation of gain, including regret aversion, uh, fear of missing out, FOMO, uh, risk taking, consumption, um, or delayed consumption and time preferences, I should say. Um, part four is the power of self-stories. So uh, it's all about self-stories and uh, rewards as motivation, groupthink, self-regulatory self fit and persuasion is the big is the big one in there. That's a, that's a big um, section. Part five, the joys of consumption. It's all about, uh, the, a, a lot of uh, behavioral econ papers are about consumption because for some reason sort of finance and savings and spending um, is just a topic that gets a, there's a big body of research in. Um, so we have, you know, the power of free, non-conscious goals and consumer choice, um, exclusivity, shopping sprees, uh, placebo effects uh, in marketing. Um, hedonic and utilitarian options, hedonic being sort of pleasure for the senses and utilitarian being utilitarian. Part six is different types of decision making. So um, creating and changing habits, seven drivers of motivation, um, uh, sort of triggering system two through stress, system two thinking. Part seven is social interactions and pressure. Um, we talk about co cooperation and punishment, um, culture versus individualism, uh, betrayal aversion, um, theories of fairness, cooperation, and competition. Part eight, and I'm not listing all of the sections in uh, in each part. I'm just sort of giving just an overview. There's there's more in there. Part eight is humans being bad at math. So subjective probabilities. Um, the hot hand in basketball, uh, pe pe people um, overconfidence in things, people get snagged up on when they try to calculate uh, very extreme probabilities. Uh, part nine, humans calculate by feel. So we're talking about sunk costs, IKEA effect, 
um, remembering happiness, calculating calories, uh, the value of free will, uh, sort of hot cold states, um, ownership bias. You know, this this is where a lot of the cognitive biases come in. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, the, sim- the summation is there are a lot of cognitive bias that sort of spring from the fact that, you know, if you give, you know, humans have to calculate how much they like or dislike something. And if, you know, if you let if you let a computer program do it, they would calculate it in like a normal way. But humans, we sort of calculate by feel. Mm-hmm. So we, we are pr- susceptible to bias because of that. Um, Part 10, uh, and so there's a lot in there. Part 10, humans can't estimate their own situations well. So, for example, unrealistic optimism, planning fallacies, um, uh, procrastination, deadlines. Um, And then part 11 is the classics collection. So uh, there are a couple sort of seminal behavioral economics papers, mostly Kahneman, Tversky, um, three-part behavioral economics, or just straight economics. Uh, that sort of was the, the um, you know, I don't know, the, the founding documents that sort of really set the field off, and I just thought it was important as optional reading if you're really into this kind of stuff to understand, um, you know, the prospect theory papers um, and uh, also their paper, Fra- Framing of Decisions and Psychology of Choice, back before, you know, back in the 70s, it, it, early, early 80s, um, 90s. So uh, that's sort of the classics collection. Um, yeah. And then, of course, there's an index and a bibliography at the end. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, I've, I've, I've read, I haven't actually read the final final. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, I, I'm currently. So the other, the other fun out. thing is, yeah, it, it just came out. Um, and you're you. gonna send me one of the final finals. Yeah, but I did see. Your... I did see like a. Uh, I saw one of the versions when you were in the middle yeah. of edits. I, I I read the whole thing. I did a pretty cool thing, and I was able to just because of the way that the books are printed and blah blah blah. Um, I was able to do more of like a software release, um, where. Um, I was able I was able to have the book and make changes sort of before I like announced it, and I'm sure there will be errors and people will alert me to them and then I'll make some more changes. Um, but in the in the in the cover, I've actually included uh, a version number of the book, so you can sort of see what version the book is on. And uh, the the official like current published version is version 1.3. Okay. Um, right, so 1.0 was pretty was missing a lot of st- was was just had a lot of problems. 1.1 was pretty finalized. 1.2 um, was almost ready to go, and then I found a bunch. Of, then one last round of edits for you know found some errors, and then 1.3 is the I feel I feel good enough to give this to people and not be embarrassed that there's going to be. But they might find <laughs> some typos. Typos, but yeah. you know um, a book of this size, there's probably going to be something. So yes, ver- version 1.3. Uh, that's that is the, I guess that's the you know so so what do you say final version? I don't want to say it's the okay last the version current ever, the current most recent version. I yeah. have not I have not yet read the current most recent version. As I understand it, you're going to get me a copy shortly in a couple of weeks when we're together in person. Um, but I did read you know 
I don't know, probably. Yeah, you, you, you sort of know the, even if you haven't seen the final form. So, um, you've, you know, I've read a lot of the content. Yeah, so it's, I mean, first of all, it's, it's a, I mean, I'm biased, right? You're very biased. Very biased. And, and you were also I very useful in sort of de determining the direction that it took oh, in some capacity. Thank you. I'm glad I was useful. But I'm biased because, yeah, I was. I was involved in a few things around it, and you know, gave some advice. And it's and I have I have been biased by your success by your books, and so there is sort of a you know, um, mimicking of the style, which is really? to cons well you know uh, consolidating research into bite-sized chunks in a yeah. book. You know, You're thinking that, of my hundred things yeah. every designer needs to know. Yeah. Um, Although is, I don't want to say you invented that, but certainly in the space, no, you're I didn't. you know, you're when it comes to that style of book, you know, that's that's the But you've done some div things very differently from me. Well, so okay, I'm biased because I was gave you some advice. I'm biased because I know some of the subject matter uh, and some of the research, but but I am not going to say I knew everything in this book because I certainly didn't. So, but I'm biased because I love the material, right? I mean, this is the kind of stuff I like, understanding humans and why they do what they do. I'm biased because, you know, you're part of the company and, and I want you to do well and all of that. So having said, having stated up front all my biases, I still got to say, I, I think it's a great book. Well, the things that I think are interesting about the book are, of course, I love it. I love that it's based on these research papers, right? Because, you know, I, I love and really it's part of our brand, right? That, that the work that we do is really strongly informed by, mm -hmm. by research. And, you know, you, you really delve into these, the, some of these really interesting and important research studies and often there is there are a series of studies and you delve into that deeply and I think it's I think it's useful you know I, you said at the beginning in the intro when you were reading that or maybe you just talked about it um you know this isn't just uh you know you didn't just read the books or the popular articles online about the topics and and talk about those you actually went back and read the original research papers which having done some of that myself uh that is you know you, you should somebody should give you a, an award for that because that's that can be really really tedious but um so I like that it's based on research. I like that you summarize the research in ways that are very that are very understandable. And and you know I think some of the research papers that I read in psychology and neuroscience are tough to read, but I think some of these economics, behavioral economics papers are like maybe the worst, um, in terms of understanding what the heck it's, is going on. Is uh, there, if you're not familiar with sort of, it, there is, um, it's so interesting because different, you know, different academic fields can be very siloed. Yeah. And there's almost like a sort of cultural ethos that develops yep. within each field. Yeah. And there is, uh, I have, where, I like that I can it? hear you turning pages. The rustling of pages. So 
like, um, you know, so like, just ju just to give you just like a, just like a reading, as an example. So, like from the so in the original prospect theory paper from 1979, um, this is this is like a segment about, um, you know, that outlines some of the most important parts, which is like the concavity of utility, and. Um, so I'll just I'll just say I'll just read this is from this is from like an example of the research paper. In contrast to these data, expected utility theory with a concave U implies that probabilistic insurance is superior to regular insurance. That is, if at asset position W, one is just willing to pay a premium Y to insure against a probability P of losing X then one should definitely be willing to pay a smaller premium, okay. R-Y, to reduce the probability of losing X from P to 1 minus R, Stop. P, Release 0, me from this greater than R. Yeah, no, it, it really, really, the, the, that's why and I then said... there's And then there's like a bunch of proofs yeah. to get to, yeah. hence, right, yeah. which holds if and only if U is yeah, concave. So yeah. it is, uh, right. you know, it's, it's all, it's like there's a lot of math proofs in some of them that come from the more traditional economics side. Which you should, which we should say, you don't have to, the reader of your book does not have to read that. Right. I don't want people to think that's what your book is. But what you did was you read all that stuff, which, which you know, either amazingly or sadly you understand. And then you figured out what, what was real and what wasn't real and what was important and what wasn't important. And then the thing that, and you distill that, but then the thing I kind of, the parts I really liked about the book where you went, you go another step further. And I'm not talking just about the takeaways, which, which I understand, yeah. you know, you kind of got from my book cause I did takeaways. I think, although I think some of yours are better than mine, but there's this in-between place between the dis distillation and the takeaways where you really give some very practical examples, you know, about how you would use this. So you say things like, you know, imagine that this is what's going on. And you give a really practical example that people uh, from their business, from their work, from their lives, from their own experience, can really relate to, and then and so you make it really clear about how this thing you just distilled, you know, impacts someone's behavior, and I, that's I guess that's the part I I like the most was being able to get that, you know, have someone walk me through. Here's what the research found in in very plain language, but then here's here's some examples of this thing, uh, and and how it works in the in the real world. And and then after doing all that, then you do the takeaways. So I love that kind of layered, you know, approach. I think it's really effective. Um, I do want to say uh, it is it this, you know, you read all those parts, right? Part one through 11. And, it, and there's like, it's kind of like a really huge amount of stuff. And it is a big book. Um, now you've you've done a good job at breaking it up, and you have little yeah. illustrations, and yeah, you have so part a very of it, nice page layout with white space. But um, you want 
do we even do you even want to tell them how many pages are, are in the no book? no i mean it's 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 big but there's a lot of it's not more than 500 pages like it's it's, it's not like more it's, than 500 yeah it's, pages. it's thick but it's not that's like, a big book it's not it's not like a text it's smaller than a textbook um i yeah and it is big font um so i mean part of the i want to i did want to make at some point a compendium of knowledge so this could be sort like this could be like a reference guide yeah and so if you were like oh man uh, what do I need to know about, right? And just, you know, I roll through the index and, uh, you know, I say, okay, like, uh, like what about like anything behavioral economics with like nutrition, you know? Um, and unless you have a, you know, unless you include a lot of studies um, to have a pretty well-rounded. Yeah, of, you need to cover all, a lot yeah. of stuff. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. And, and I feel like you really did want it to be kind of a, uh, you know this easy to read collection that was comprehensive about what we know about behavioral economics at this point. You know, and so there there was a lot that you needed to cover. One of the things, one of the little things that I think is important that I overlooked in my books, and one of my readers actually wrote in and commented on this to me, and then it was like, oh yeah that would have made sense, was you put your citations in the in the section, right? I mean, you talked about research on this and that, and you did the so, distillation. Yeah, this is, this, is a good, this is a good question. So there is a certain, again, in the academic sphere, there's a certain way, there's a certain, like, way you write a book and things you're supposed to do. And I really didn't, I purposely, because um, if I wrote an academic book about behavioral economics, no one was ever going to read it. Uh, it, it was just too dense, and it was just game over. So um, I very purposely made this buck and ignore, like, academic convention. So I don't follow standard, you know, footnotes. It's just, it's not, it's, it is, you know, I wrote it in a way that made sense to me and that I thought to someone who just wanted to use it. So, for example, yeah, in, in each little section, so, like, I've just opened up to... Um, you know, non-conscious goals and consumer choice. And in here, I have some studies about people buying, you know, uh, expensive uh, underwear versus cheap underwear, you know. And then at the end of, of, the, of the little section where I talk about this behavioral economics thing, I then just cite the two studies. Yeah, which, uh, you know. So, so like you can read it. People you can listening, learn about it. People listening to this are probably like, yeah, what's the big deal? But I, I you know, there's a, this whole, the whole world of writing books is like its own world unto itself. And when I was writing my books, you know, I was told um, by m my publisher, well, that's not, you don't put the citations there. You know, the, you, you put in, you talk about it, you put parentheses, and then you put the last name of the of the first author, or you can at put in a couple of authors if there's a few of them, or you put in et al, and then you put a comma, and then you put the date, and then you close the parentheses, and then in the back of the book you have you know the bibliography with with all the citations, and and that's and mine were not academic books. This was just how you cite research in even a, a, you know, a trade book. And so I did what, you know, did it that way. And then just, 
Yeah, and I didn't even think anything about it until recently when someone said to me, you know, it's like a lot of work to go, <laughs> to go, you know, it's like I want to find the citation and I have to stop what I'm doing and go to the back. And and it was like, oh, yeah, that's not particularly usable that way. So your method of just putting the citation right there, I mean, that's just a little thing. But I think I think it it is useful. And and I'm glad that you you bucked convention. All right. Um, so this just got released like, what, a few days ago? You did you did this the release of version one point three and said okay I'm ready to tell people about it right this uh, was, this was yeah. very recent yeah. that you started talking about it yeah. so um, you're gonna are are you uh, I, I I are you excited about about having people read it yeah is this is this the point where you just ask me a bunch of questions. Yes. Can I ask you a bunch? Of, I think I have been asking you questions. Can yeah. I ask you more questions? Yeah, just just ask me a bunch of questions. Well, you know, I go on podcasts, and people ask me about you know book writing and stuff. So I thought I would give you some of those questions that people always give me. So, uh, what was the hardest part about writing this book? Um, the hardest part. Yeah. Oh, what do you mean by hard? I don't know. You can you can define it any way you want. Oh. Um, it was. I mean, I definitely have a recency bias. It was probably the editing, um, because when I was doing the initial research and doing the initial writing, uh, it is. It's kind of fun because you can every time you do it, it's a it's fresh, right? So, if you're doing one paper, it may read a certain way, and but then you finish it and you can take a break. And then you do another paper, but it's like different because it's on a different topic and uh, it's a different style of writing. Maybe it's from a different decade. Um, and you know, if uh, when you write, you can express yourself. So one time when I was maybe writing one of the sections about you know uh, f products that are free, if I was feeling a little more sassy or quirky, like I could express myself in that writing. And so um, you know, from one week to the next. Uh, it does feel a little different, again, because the topic is different. Maybe it's a serious topic. Maybe it's a funny topic. Um, and so it, it does feel a little different. Um, the editing was rough because you have you know you have to get from the beginning to the end of the book. You have to do a really, really good job, and you can't make any errors. And it's sort of the same menial task, which is, um, you know, looking at the feedback making the change, looking at the feedback, finding errors, making the change, not missing anything, rereading. Um, it is much more of like a mental grind and there mm. isn't really a stop to it. Mm. Um, and again, because this book is on the longer side, it also, uh, it, it was a side effect I didn't see because not only, I mean, obviously when it's longer, yeah, okay, you have to write more, but then you have, you have like twice as much to edit and that right. takes a very, very, very long time. Now you said and it, twice as much to like organize into like how it all comes together. You said it took you three years, but you were doing other stuff. It's not like three yeah. years full time. Yeah, I didn't right? lock myself in a cave in the woods <laughs> or something. Um, yeah, I, it, it, was, it was definitely part time off and on. Yeah. Um, and sort of, you know, I did little mini sprints here or there. Yeah. Is that a good answer? 
It's, it's, it's the truth. It's, then it's a good answer. So did you, um, uh, did you have any uh, things you did either during the writing or during the editing, any little tricks or tips that you did to keep yourself motivated to keep going so you, 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 know, you didn't give up? Um, oh, I was never, ever, ever going to give up. Um, uh, it, I had done all this cool stuff, and I just, I just, I really, I really, really just wanted to finish it. Yeah. Um, and to, not, not just to be done with it, but, you know, um, imagine you work for like two hours to put together a gourmet meal but then you don't eat right away. You know, it's just like like yeah. once you put in all the work, you you want to then enjoy the you know sort of fruits of your labor. Yeah. So what's the enjoying your fruits of your labor part for you? Oh, just I mean, just to have it out just, and to have people yeah. read it. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, sure. There's do I would I like to become a New York Times bestseller and get super famous yeah. and sell a billion copies? Yeah, of course. I, I I don't think that's going to happen. I mean, I hope. I'm hopeful, but uh, you know, and you you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. But, um, so in order, you know, if you, you want to sort of become a famous author, you have to write a book. Uh, but you know, I, I know the numbers it, it it's, it's incredibly rare for a, a book to do well, especially when you're, I mean, I'm not rich. I don't have an enormous publish, you know, uh, publishing arm behind me. And, um, you don't have a there phalanx were not of publicists. Yeah, there was there were not celebrities at my book release. Um, yeah, as as much as I, you know, where you know some some people are successful enough to have that, and sort of the marketing machine sort of does the work for you. But um, at the end of the day, yeah. So so I mean. To, to, to be successful, I think you need there's there's there are three things and you need two out of th- out of the three. Um, you need to uh, have written something you need to have created something good that's actually good. You have to fill the right role in the zeitgeist at the right time. So you know, um, there are, you know, uh, Van Gogh is making great paintings, but his paintings didn't fit sort of the what people wanted until after he died. And then people were like, oh, yeah, we're doing Impressionism now. Like, this is great. Um, so you have to uh, sort of fill the right role at the right time. And then you, you, and then you just need luck. You need the right person to. And that's oh, sorry, that that is sort of luck. And then you also need um, to, uh, like, have, like, a lot of hard work. Yeah. And, like, have the grind and be in front of people and sort of, you know, sell it and, you know, the whole marketing aspect to it. So, again, the three. Cause I, and I, I know you love marketing. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, okay. So, so there's the hard work. It, 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 yeah. So there's the hard work grinding. Yeah. There's the having good content slash, yeah. you know, being the right being part the of the right, zeitgeist right. at the right time. And then um, there's, you know, luck. Yeah. Which is yeah, yeah. having the right person pick it up, having the right, you yeah. know. Uh, we were talking when you, um, 
first launched your book many years ago, uh, first first very popular book, the Hundred Things book. Um, you know, it just so happened that you happened to early in its release, you happened to get on a podcast. Which that was actually kind of, when yeah, when I new. published n- not oh neuro, things. Yeah, that not was when I Web published neuro web design, which was yeah, kind you were of, not a famous author then. Yeah, no, I was not, and uh, yeah, I just. Um, I can't, I don't remember whether, uh, you know, I, I did, I did, was, I was trying to work my network back then and that was a while ago, but I think someone might have mentioned to someone else, oh, you should have this person on your podcast. So, uh, anyway, I got an email and somebody said, do you want to come on our podcast? And this was, you know when podcasting was kind of new. And I've, you know, I said yes. And it turned out that he had a big, you know, a lot of people listened to him. So that got word out about that book. But yeah, I mean, it's, um, uh, it's, it's kind of, it, to me, to me, and I've written a lot of books, it's still kind of a mystery about you know, what makes a book popular or well-read. And, you know, and and also, if we're talking about books, I mean, I've, so I've written several books, and some of them definitely do better than others. And I don't, you know, to me, well, I love all my books. It's like your children, you know. Which children do you like? Which child do you like the most? You know, I love them all. Um and I get, I guess I kind of understand why why some of my books might be more popular than other books, but not. I don't totally understand that, and yet there's definitely differences. So I think sometimes there is like, you know, to talk about another author, you know, there is a that tipping point where it gets read and talked about enough that then, you know, the word of mouth really really kicks it in and I didn't you know I didn't spend a lot of money either on um, necessarily you know publicity I've never hired a publicist and all that but I do you know it does help to get out there and be speaking you know on the speaking circuit which I definitely do a lot of and you've been doing more and more of and that helps a lot because that just gets the word out right I mean if you're in front of 200 people or a thousand people and you mention your book, there's a few people in the audience that are going to check it out, right? And so that's a, that's always a good way to get the word out. So I, I hope you're, you know, I hope this, I hope you sell a lot of copies because it's fun. It's fun to sell a lot of copies and, and have your book read and have, you know, I, I get emails all the time from readers and I think it never... It, even after all these years and all these books, it never ceases to amaze me that people are reading my books. You know, it's like, wow. Like you said, you cook this wonderful meal and then you want people to eat it and enjoy it and get something out of it. And, you know, I I don't know. Obviously, I like doing it. I've written a lot of them. So here comes another question I get often. So are you going to write another book? I, I don't know. Yeah, probably, but 
Yeah. Not right now. Yeah, that's always the, that's always the answer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I haven't, you know, I haven't written a book in a while, but I don't know if I'm, I don't know what, you know, I think you have to really be filled with passion about a topic in order to even consider writing a book. So Guthrie, um, can you tell us if someone were interested, and we probably should have said this at the beginning of the podcast, but if someone were interested in purchasing your book, how would they go about doing that? Uh, best way is just on Amazon. Yeah. Yep. Uh, um, and I know it's available. Search for my name, go through my chain, or just search for I love you. Now read this book. Either one will, will find it. And and I know it's available uh, in, in uh, large paperback or in, in in Kindle. But do you want to make a plug for the for getting the actual physical book? Yeah. So. Um, because I know the, you, you feel that's yeah. the best way. Yeah. So, I mean, first of all, I've tried to make, I mean, for a book this size and for as much paper as it uses, I've tried to keep the book very cheap and reasonable and under 20 bucks. Um, and the, you know, because I'm talk, I'm tackling so a lot of research, um, there are a lot of graphs that I've made and charts and fun little icons. And it's all sort of laid out in a very kind of cohesive manner with pull quotes and stuff. So there's a, you know, there's a lot more than just text because a lot of it, I do use a lot of visualization to help explain concepts. Um, and obviously when you have that, uh, you know, Kindle works best if you have just like a novel with a bunch of words because yeah. then it can change the size and it can do the formatting and all, all the stuff that yeah. Kindle ebook readers are great at. Um, and so I made, you know, the choice was made to have, um, you know, to, to, to keep the graphs, which I think are really important, um, and the little icons and stuff. And so it's sort of, a, you know, so the Kindle version is the sort of a PDF copy of it. So as you scroll through, and, and I've cut out all the white space, and hopefully I've, I've done the best job possible for that version, and I, I hope it it's really good. Um, so as, so out of, as you scroll, it's like you're scrolling through the book, and I, I think it's going to work really well. Um, but just, just the, um, I think it's easier to read in a physical version mm -hmm. because something about the bigger size, uh, just makes it easier and the margins are bigger. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's easy to kind of flip back and forth and look at different things. And, um, there's more stuff on a page cause it's, it's so, you know, if you want to get the Kindle version, go crazy. Um, if you're curious about getting the real book, I also suggest it. I've also done the thing where if you get the, I think if you get the real book, you can get the Kindle version for like three bucks. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yep. I didn't know that. Yep. That's interesting. Okay, yeah. so you so can you can get both, kinda, and it's you can get both. It's for still cheap. it's still very reasonable in price. Um, yeah, yeah, but so but just because of the layout, um, it you should think of it a lot more. Uh, it's uh, like a um, sort of like a you know coffee table book. Yeah. Um, like or a cookbook, right? Where the things on certain pages and the pictures and the illustrations do kind of correspond with the text in a in a meaningful way. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. In fact, cookbook is like that's like the example that when you set up the Kindle 
uh, the Kindle ebook. That's sort of like the example they give. Like, do you, do you want it to be like a novel or do you want it to be like a cookbook? Uh, all right. So uh, another question people often ask me is, who is this book for? Um, so that's a really good question. Um, yeah, who is this book for? Do you know, I mean, do you know the answer? I have I have some suspicions. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I I hope it's for everyone who's interested in research about humans. I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, I mean, one of the reasons I wrote it is clearly on your side of the woods, which is the behavioral psychology. Um, it's become mainstream and popular, and I mean, you you've certainly done a lot to forward that. Um, I don't want to say agenda, but to sort of forward that mission uh, to bring these ideas mainstream into the sort of popular consciousness. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think there's just as much really great research, maybe not just as much, but you know, 90%, 80% as much great research in the behavioral economics side of things. Mm-hmm. And again, for people who uh, don't listen to us often, uh, behavioral psychology, you know, we, this is all, uh, you know, behavioral science stuff it's all under to us personally that's the umbrella we put it under and then if it's about things that all humans share um that's kind of human psychology the common traits that all humans have like vision that kind of stuff um but then it's if it is about uh what will a particular person with their particular preferences on that particular moment when presented with a particular choice choose that's the behavioral economics side and it is a little more complicated because there are more variables because it and it does change person to person, time to time, decision mm-hmm. to decision. Um, so, um, but I, I think there's just as much really great research out there. Uh, but I don't, to my to my knowledge, I don't think anyone has actually tackled it in a way that um, I have. I don't I don't think there are maybe some summaries out there, but certainly not sort of put together in an easy to read uh, format for um, people who you know, don't know any, don't know what a p-value is, who are not familiar with the research side, and that's fine. So that's, that's sort of who I wrote the book for. Um, I have a suspicion it's going to be especially useful to people in sort of the um, marketing, business, um, product design, service design space. Yeah. That's, that's a guess I have, because it is a lot that, you know, there is a lot of decision-making stuff in there, um, though it obviously goes much further than that. You know, if you're in the UX field, I think it'll be very important. Um, I've also tried not to cover, I think a lot of the research in here is pretty novel. It's not in the sort of social consciousness of a, of a lot of people. Yeah, it's not the common common um, things that people have already learned and understand. Yeah, like I, I think that stuff is really great, but I just I just don't think it's out there. Uh, I, ha- I found, a uh, for example... I'll just give one example. Um, I found a really, uh, really good paper from this guy, um, and and now now of course it's going to be on the spot, and I have to find it in the book. Um, <laughs> but basically, uh, there was this professor who did this uh, really great research about interest rates, mm-hmm. and sort of like, um, you know, like delaying. I gotta find the, I gotta find the time section here. Um, so right, so like, will you wait? Like, so if, if let's just say I'll give you like ten bucks today. Yeah. Um. But then, you know, if if instead 
I say, well, if you wait two weeks, I'll give you like a 20% interest rate. Or do you want your money now? Yeah. Sort of, you know. Um, how time influences people's yeah, how, perception how, of value. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And it's, um, I think it's a Holcomb and Nelson, another experimental look at individual time preference. I think that's the, I think that's the one. So, um, yeah, and, and it's really, really cool. So if you say, if you, if you give people the same interest rate, all right? Yeah. And you say, I'll give you $17 today, or I'll give you the interest rate tomorrow, which is $17.51. Yeah. 47, take it today, 53, take it tomorrow, right? Okay. Uh, I, that is to say that people were, you know, they like the extra money, but they don't really care. So this is the same interest rate. So to computer, it's the, the their value of time should be consistent. Right. So then if you say, hey, would you like $17 today or $20.90 in a week? So it's the same interest rate. Right. It's the same as yeah the, as the seventeen dollars to seventeen fifty one right yeah but you're just instead of one day you're going one week yeah and in that case uh, only twenty one percent chose today and seventy nine percent chose because the number was bigger because the number was bigger and then if you do two weeks and yeah. it's seventeen dollars versus twenty five dollars and seventy one cents only thirteen percent chose to get it today eighty seven percent chose two weeks from now so um you know so. The the point being, is that um, we're not humans. Yeah. Humans don't. Uh, the way they estimate time is what I like to call spooky, because it's it's emotional and it's relative time. Right. It's not right. absolute. Um, and I I think it's just it's such a it's a very simple simple study in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, but I think it's really good, and just people don't know about it. And I remember. Um, when I, uh, I think I, uh, I was emailing the guy asking um, the if researcher? we could use, yeah, the, the researcher asking if we could use his study in the, uh, like, uh, the graphs from the study. And in the end, we didn't end up using it. We just. Um, the graphs, you uh, mean? Yeah, we just, we, we recreated all yeah. of it. So uh, we didn't have to deal with any copyright stuff. But, um, and so. He, he was just shocked that people were interested in his research. From <laughs> Somebody read his research. And, I, and like, it's, it's really good stuff. Um, you know? So like you have, because I know you have some well-known stuff in there, but then you Yeah, you like, there's, of, a lot of, there's a lot of Ariely. Uh, there's a lot of Thaler. But you found these these gems that maybe have been have been uh, overlooked, right? Yeah, no, and I'm not going to say that I found all the great, like there's so I mean to, there's, so, there's so much research like yeah. it would be impossible so yeah. I you know I, I I've not I've I've mostly picked stuff that other people have talked and thought about already um, but there were a couple examples uh, that I I just thought was was really fascinating um, but but I had sort of you know not been exposed to that or heard other people talk about all it. right so since we're plugging things because we plugged your book here i there's one more thing i want to plug because of the time frame of of when this podcast is likely to to be released which is that you um that we're teaching a workshop in austin that yeah. that has i mean obviously not all but has m- many several 
of these studies from your book included in the research, I mean, in the workshop, right? And so I do want to mention that um, for any of you guys listening that would be interested in traveling to Austin, Texas, in the U.S., on November 22nd, 2019, which is a little more than a month from when we're recording this, we're teaching a behavioral design workshop. It's a one-day workshop. It's being hosted by Rackspace, but it's open to the public. And um, uh, boy, it's a good question about what the best way to find that online if you're interested in registering. I guess if you're interested in registering, if you don't, if you can search for behavioral design workshop Austin, Texas. If you it's don't, on our website too. Yeah, it's on our website, or just email us, and uh, you know we'll give you more information about that. As well as tickets are pretty cheap. Tickets are pretty cheap. Um, and they're uh, they're kind of going pretty fast too. So, uh, but um, also, we'll come uh, in house and teach it. That's probably the way we teach it the most, more than we do these public courses. You can just bring us in, and we'll, and we'll teach a workshop to your group. So I do want to mention that because that's why that's my favorite, probably my favorite workshop that we teach, the behavioral design workshop, and probably the most popular one at this point right now that we're teaching and relevant to this book topic. So Guthrie, thanks for um, being willing to talk about the book. And um, we're also talking possibly, if I can talk you into it, on having you go and do go on a book tour and speak about the book. So if anyone listening is interested in having Guthrie come in and uh, you know speak to your group or your organization or whatever uh, about the topic, he's got a great um, keynote uh, that you know fits with the book topic as well. All right, did I do? Did I do? Did did I do a good job promoting? <laughs> I have no idea. You have I'm no idea. At marketing. Okay. Um, <laughs> all right. So Guthrie, uh, one more time. The name of the book is. Um, I love you. Now read this book. It's about decision making, human uh, about human decision making and behavioral economics. And you can find it on Amazon. If you have any questions, email us at info at the teamw.com. Congratulations, Guthrie. Thank you. All I right. hope people uh, like it. That's the one thing I don't know yet. So buy the book, read it, and then let him know if you like it. Or yeah, because people have write just a review on Amazon or something. It. But I, you know, I think it's good. But I have, you know, you're biased. I've had, yeah, I had a friend or two. <laughs> I think it's good. I'm biased. So now we need someone it. else to tell us whether it's good. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm hoping that other people are like, wow, this is actually a good book. So. <laughs> All right. Good luck with it. Thank you. Bye. Bye.